All right, guys, welcome back. Ben's got the mic unmuted here, so we're going to get rolling. Um, going to be recording <clears throat> a few more podcasts this week. Um, we we are actually heading out this weekend. We're headed to a fundraiser in uh, Missouri with our friends down there uh, for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So it's an archery shoot that we're, we're part of and excited. So we're going to get a few out uh, recorded here earlier in the week um, because we are going to be on the road towards the end of the week. But... Um, Ben and I recorded a couple yesterday, and we focused on just coincidentally it happened to be hold conditioning stuff. Um, just very, it's a real um, common thread that we see, um, and both YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, a lot of feedback. Um, I got tagged into a post this morning on uh, some Minnesota waterfall site that I saw my name got tagged into. Um, guy was asking a question. His dog was having a hard time delivering birds. Force fetch, force fetch, force fetch. That's what everybody said. Force fetch, force fetch, force fetch, force fetch. And someone made it to comments and linked our video. And I appreciate that support by doing that and said, you might want to take a look at hold conditioning, a little bit different technique. Um, and, and you could tell there was a sense of reading the thread that, you know, force fetch is the only way to go. And I think that it's unfortunate that we, in the in the gun dog society, I think that's a real common theme. Um, I'm not going to argue with anyone about force fetch because um, it's not worth my time. I don't care if you force fetch. We're just I don't, and I don't because I don't think it makes sense. Um, can you get results with it? Absolutely. Can you get results with any style of training? Absolutely. Is it the style of training that I think is best? No. And so that's it. So we talk, I'll talk all day about how we do it without force fetch and get good results. So we did, we did that yesterday. We did several of them. Um, and I, it, it's just, it's a real common one. Here's another common one that we're going to talk about today. That's I'm going to read a couple questions that have come in. Um, they're very simple answers, uh, especially when we, when I respond back, because it's a black, it is a relatively black and white answer. Um, but when I'm typing it, when I'm when I'm doing a podcast on it, I think we can get into it a little bit more. So that's what we we're going to try to do today. And the reason is, is because there's so many um, questions that have come up. I'm going to read you the questions. Says Jeremy, I've listened to all your podcasts. They're great, and I've answered a lot of my questions. This is coming from Kyle. I know it's a busy time of year for you. If it's possible, maybe this is a podcast question. My puppy is almost 10 weeks now. I've started with your techniques when feeding to instill patience and also sitting with kibble hurt here and there. Uh, I'm trying not to expect too much from her, but my question is, in the past few days when taking her outside, she does her business, but then she does the staying away from dad routine. You can't catch me. Any pointers would be great. I don't want to start a bad habit. So I, I think Kyle is doing the right thing by jumping on top of it. I'm going to read you another one here. Um... Give me one second and see if I can find it quickly. Um, it's a very similar. Okay, so this is one that came to me. Uh, the first message was in 2016, actually. So this guy said he, I'll go way back. This is 2016. I got my first message. His name is Noah. He said, I've been watching your live hold series. I have no idea what dog that would have been. That would have been like. 2016 that could have been spry, spry maybe um yeah, i'm not sure but it's great okay so probably was probably was spry actually um now 
we, he, we get down here uh, to more recently, July of this month. He said, uh, just received a 12-week-old puppy. This is July 22nd, so not long ago, less than a month ago. 12-week-old blue lacy pup we've had for a little for, for a little over a week. Now he, he's getting very good with staying on place in his crate, steadiness at feeding. But when we go outside, he's very high energy, wants to play. My question is, how do you burn energy in a young pup while maintaining control? We've talked about bur- my thoughts on burning off energy. That's another podcast. We've probably done two or three of them that we touch on that. Um, I, don't, I don't burn off energy. I think all by exercising physically, I think all that does is create a well-conditioned dog that has more energy to burn. Um, so that's a different, I, 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 and so I told him, I said, I just think it's a balance of mental and physical exercise. Now he messaged me back. He said, thanks. I'll look into that. Cause I told him, I said, we've done some podcasts actually on it. So, um, I, I kind of re- referred him to that. So he said, he'll take a look at it. So he messaged me back. He said, okay, I started the podcast, tons of information, realizing I was expecting way more from this little dog while having him for so little time. Honestly, we've already come a long way. I just need to take a few steps back and proceed with patience. I'll be continuing to dig in your podcast and videos. Thanks for everything you guys do. So this couple mornings ago, I got a message. It says, morning, Jeremy. Okay, fast forward a few weeks. My puppy is now 16 weeks, coming up on 16 weeks old. I've been working on recall with him as much as I can, but it still seems like I'm not getting very far. We've had him on lead most of the time when he goes outside. After meals, I would take Davis to the backyard, let him explore and do his business. Then I would call him over to me. He started doing very well, but now I'll get one or two good recalls, and then he starts zooming past me. Or when I call, he just takes off hot lapping around the yard, which is what I want to avoid. In the house, when I try to get him to come to me, he'll look at me and go the other way. Even if we're in the hallway, he will just sit and not want to come over to me. We avoid chasing, but if I have him on off of place, he hot laps or searches out rugs, etc., to chew on. When I tell him no, you can see it fuels the fire and gets him going and wound up even more. Any thoughts? So the last one was this recall. So two two questions that are very similar. Uh, recall with young young dogs. I think there's I think there's a diff I think there's a similarity in the answer. I also think there's some things I want to touch on differently because these are two different situations. So let's go back to the first one. Uh, 10 weeks old, started with his tech, started building in some patience with feeding, probably has our puppy DVD, I'm guessing, uh, or our puppy video. It's also digital now. But um, so he's got a lot of that puppy foundation stuff started, but now he's got this puppy at 10 weeks old going outside playing keep away, can't catch me um, when, when he takes her outside. So I answered to him, I said, put her on a lead, set her up for success. I mean, that's black and white, it's really simple. Ten, first off though, 10 weeks old, so I do think there's this short window when you bring puppies home when they're seven to eight weeks old is usually when we bring them home. And I think you got about four or five weeks typically to establish good connection and recall without trying very hard. But you have to do it and you have to do it consistently and you have to do it repetitiously to create and form the habit. That's when I walk around peeping the whistle like Pied Piper and the puppies just naturally follow you around whether you like it or not. You can take advantage of that time and get them used to coming to you for a positive reward, which can be praise. I'm not against a little bit of kibble early on to teach a dog to come to me and get a little bit of kibble. I'm not a treat trainer though. So I'm not. we're not gonna carry around a fanny pack full of treats. 
I use a little bit of kibble at times to get reluctant puppies to come to me. But n most of the time, they're gonna follow us around anyway. So we're just utilizing that behavior that's happening naturally and shaping it to be connected to some type of a command and, and ultimately a habit. And so at 10 weeks, that's a little young to be seeing it, um, but it's not to say that you know, different puppies have different personalities. Some become a little bolder quicker, all that stuff. So you're seeing it. Now, so I don't know how much you've done for the last two or three weeks, depending on how long you had the puppy, but that's done, that ship has sailed. Now you've got this little bit of an issue. So at 10 weeks is about the time I'm usually starting to put a flat collar on the puppy and using, using the lead, bouncing them around on the lead a little bit. Now I don't wanna start out, so I do think there's a couple things that I would do. You can, you can make it easy and put the dog on a lead, but if you're not ready for the lead, then what do you do? You should start getting ready for the lead. Uh, you need to start working on tying a puppy out um, if, if it's necessary. Some dogs don't have a problem giving the pressure to the neck, some do, so you might wanna tie the puppy out. Again, this is all going back to that puppy video, that puppy training video that we have. We show a lot of this stuff because it's all preparation stuff for the foundation video, which is heel works, you know, more advanced sit, stay, recall type stuff. But we need to get this puppy to start understanding that you have the option to put the dog on a lead, which takes away all the freedom to running off. Now, the I don't know what your setup looks like for your bathroom. It sounds like you're having the issue when you take the dog out to go to the bathroom. Um, so... When, or whenever you take her outside. I think you have to dedicate yourself a little bit of time to taking that puppy outside and figuring out how to get her, get her to come to you positively. I, I would question and ask, well, what happens normally when you, bring the, when you call the puppy to you? What, what was happening? If every time you called the puppy to you, you picked it up, scooped it up, brought it in the house, and put it in her crate, scooped her up, put her in the house, took her away from what she wanted to do, yeah, she's going to be a little reluctant to come to you because she knows what's coming next. So what I think you should start to do is start to change and keep her honest. Keep her thinking there's a reason that comes to, to come to dad when he calls me. Maybe this is time for the kibble. Uh, the way I would start this is in a very small area that you just don't give her the chance to get away from you. Now, 10 weeks is borderline because a seven, eight, nine week old puppy can't run away from me. Like I just, they just physically can't get away from me. Uh, a 10 week old, if you can't athletically catch the puppy, then you better not be going after it. Uh, that's another question of what happened up to this point. Were we chasing the puppy when the puppy was coming to us? Um, so I think what we need to do is get this puppy to start figuring out that you're not the worst thing. So set some time aside that you go out Get the puppy to come to you, whatever you have to do. If you sit down on the ground, a lot of times I sit right down on the ground and they come right up into my lap and I praise them and I love them up and, I, and then I set them down and then I just let them go wander around a little bit so that they realize the next thing isn't him scooping me up and bringing me in the house. Playtime's over. Let her play, let, her, let the dog play a little bit. Move around, go move and sit on another spot and sit down and let the puppy come to you. And when the puppy comes to you, it gets lots of praise and then you do it again. And all of a sudden we're starting to change the expectations or the assumption of what comes next. So I think you have to, you have to get creative. I can't tell you this without seeing it, but I would get in a small area that the dog can't completely run away from me. Now at 10 weeks old, I've never seen a puppy that young decide to just adios, head, head out. You know, 
I think if a dog starts to fade away from me, I'm usually reading that, watching that, seeing that disconnect, and then walking away from it and making a little bit of a fuss, making a little bit of a noise, making a little bit of excitement, going, come on, come on, come on, come on. Make whatever you got to do, beep, 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 beep on the whistle. Get the puppy's attention, and then the puppy can see you at 10 weeks old. Their eyes aren't even that good yet. Can see you just, you know, faded at a distance and go, geez, he's leaving. And then as soon as she starts, takes the first step towards you, you go, oh, you're so good. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And you reel that puppy in with that excitement. You get her to you. You pet her up. You love her. And then you walk away from her again. And so I'm afraid that potentially this puppy is going, I'm not coming back by you because I know what comes next. Bring the puppy to you and give it a piece of kibble. Be a treat trainer for the day. But I phase that out pretty quickly once the dog goes, oh, maybe he's going to give me something. Well, it doesn't matter if he gives me something for food. He loves me. And then he lets me go back to play. And then we do the. And you can literally turn this into a game of how quickly can I get back to you, dad? And these dogs almost get competitive. These puppies will get competitive with the idea. But you have to stimulate that game. And it's got to be super short. I, you're not going to be able to keep the puppy's attention for 10 minutes. At 10, at 10 weeks old, you might, get, you might get two or three times of this game, maybe two or three repetitions of you walked away and the puppy came to you, you walked away, the puppy came to you, you walked away, the puppy came to you. Okay, be done. Don't keep trying to force this puppy to engage in this game because get two or three times in a row and be done. And then when I say be done, don't scoop puppy up and go kennel it up because that's maybe part of the issue to begin with. Do two or three repetitions and then scoop the puppy up and just pet her for a while. Bring her into the house. Put her on place. And then you, you you start to change the process at that point to the next thing of the day. So... That would be my recommendation. I just don't think you can, you can't just throw your hands up and go, oh, my dog doesn't come to me because all it does is fuel its independence. And we certainly aren't going to do the play of the game, catch them, because that's way more fun than running to me. So um, that's one of them. Now let's scroll back up. We had Noah's question. Now Noah's question is a little bit different. Um, 16 weeks old. Now, this one's a little deeper, too, because I've been getting messages from since 2016. But more specifically, in, the re- in less than a month, we've talked about, he's messaged me back and forth, and we've talked about this little puppy that he's got, 12 weeks old. I do think that one of the responses was interesting where he said, uh, we got him at 12 weeks, only having him for a week and a half. His recall's not very good. He's, he's very food-driven, but doesn't respond well to pray as well. I know it's not ideal, but I've been working on him with recall and with food. I don't care. That's all fine. He said, I'm planning to work out on staking him out today. He just said, so much information, I realized I was expecting way too much from this little dog. That was on July 23rd with a 12-week-old puppy in response to my question of, it's only 12 weeks old. I think you have to take a deep breath and you have to relax and have realistic expectations. And he admitted, I think I had unrealistic expectations. So that was 12 weeks. He's not even 16 weeks. It hasn't even been a month. And now his message is, I've been working on recall with him as much as I can, but it seems like I'm not getting very far. That's because it's been three weeks. Like stuff, just because you work on stuff really hard doesn't mean you're going to get fast results. Like I agree that working hard gets results, but with dogs, it's a patience game. It's a long-term game. It's a, not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so if we treat it a marathon like a sprint, you're going to be burnt out by mile one. 
and you got how many miles in a 26 miles something like that 26.2 yeah come on you're an old you're an old jogger aren't you so you got 25 more miles to go but you're tired already so look at it look at it this way take the deep breath again i mean it's been three weeks i feel like from july 20 your first message to me was july 22nd and then you messaged me on july 23rd and said you know what you're right i expected too much well it's only been three more weeks so be patient be consistent be repetitious and i promise you habits will form but the harder you work at it you also have to be the, that word patience has to come in because you could work you can't work with a six, with a 12 to 16 week old window of puppy you can't work with them every day on stuff all day long and expect it to stick it's way too much it's overwhelming i i think you take tiny little bites at this not big hard working sessions so but so that's the first thing is yeah, you haven't gone very far because you've only been going at it for three weeks. Now it says you you said we have him on a lead most of the time when he goes outside. So you've one eighty. You went from you know you now you're on a lead. That's going to shape behavior, no problem. Um, so it says at, after meal times, take him to the backyard, let him explore, and he does his business and would call him over to me. He started doing very well, but now I'll only get one or two good recalls, and then he zooms past me. Now I look back at the last person we were talking to with that 10-week-old puppy and I go, there's a reason why I said get one or two good recalls and then be done because you're experiencing it. You're, an exa- you're a perfect example, Noah. You've got, you get one or two really good ones in, it says. I'll get one or two good recalls in. Then he starts zooming past me. What is he telling you? His attention span at 16 weeks old is about one or two repetitions of good. But then he starts zooming past you, and then you keep calling him, and he just takes off hot lapping around the yard, and you want to avoid it. But you continue, it sounds like, to go and put yourself in that situation. So I don't, I don't want to state obvious stuff here, but stop after the second good one, and you'll never have the third bad one. And if you never have the... What's, what happens last is what sticks in the dog's mind. So when you get to a point where you're having a hard time taking the next step and you look at your sessions leading up to it and you realize we do really well the first half. The second half is always terrible. I can't get past this step in the process. It's because the last step, the last half of the step is always terrible. And that's the last thing in the dog's mind and that's the last, that's the progress you've got to build on. Every time you start a new session, you're building off the last. The last one ended terribly. You're building off of a bad lesson. And, and so it's like building up, like if we were building a bridge and the bridge has to stretch across the water and you can only build a section at a time. And let's say the section is 10 feet long. So every day you go to build a section, you got to go a hundred feet total. Okay. 10 sections to get across the water. You build 10 feet of bridge every day. And the first, by the end of that 10 feet, you knock five feet off. You built 10 feet of bridge and then you busted ten, five, the last five feet of it off. And now the part where you're going to start building off of tomorrow is not a clean, nice, sharp edge. It's all jagged and crumbly because it's just leftover 
from what you tore out of it yesterday. So now what do you have to do? Before you can start building your next 10 feet, you have to fix the edge. You have to repair the broken, damaged, crumbly part of the bridge. Well, hell, that might take... That might take enough. You only have so much time to build the bridge. That might take all the time you have for that day. So you're just, and then tomorrow you might be able to build 10 feet, but you do the same thing. You knock five feet of it off and you leave it in shambles. So the next day you come back and you go, man, I can't start building again. Or whatever you're building off of is crap. And so if you did, if you don't repair it and you just start building your next 10 feet, it's not going to, it won't connect. So now you've got a bridge with big gaps in it. And then when you decide you're at the end of it and you go, let's cross the bridge, you fall in a bunch of holes. Because you just did, you did a poor job of starting and finishing each segment of the bridge. And because of that, you, gotta, you, gotta, you get crappy construction. Right now... You get two good sessions. You get two good repetitions out of the weakness. Your your struggle right now is recall. It sounds like you get two good ones in a row, and then you go three, four, five, however many, and they just all it does is turn into hot lapping around the yard, which you want to avoid. And you put it away on that note every time. Let the dog tell you how big of an attention span they have. I've cut I've cut Bella be good sessions short halfway through what I was hoping to get through. And the reason I cut them short is not because we accomplished what we wanted to. It was because I realized we can't go any further. We should be happy with what we've got. And I better quit now before I take steps backwards. I better quit now before I start tearing apart my bridge. So we're done. Put the dog up. Make a note of it. Next time we start out and we see if we can get beyond that a little bit. If we have a session that goes like that, I usually don't take on something new the next session. This is where this is where day in and day out, session by session, it's so important to understand where you are and where you left off and where you want to go. All those three things have to jive. And so if you're just helter-skelter with your training of today we'll work on this, tomorrow we'll work on that, today we'll work on this, none of that stuff connects and it makes it really hard on the dog to make progress. So I look at, if I have a session that doesn't go that well and, it, and it's cut short, I usually go, okay, tomorrow we need to do it again. And if it doesn't go as well as I want it to, tomorrow we might do it again. And after three or four days of doing it, if we're not improving on it, I'm going, how come? And I'm not just going, well, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Because I'm smart enough to recognize it's not working. So then I start thinking in my mind, well, what should I do differently? Why do I think it's not working? What kind of changes can I make? And then I go, if it does work really well, I go, great, it's working really well. Let's do it in another spot because the chances are it won't go as well. And then we can replicate the process there until it gets really good there. And then I can move again. And then all of a sudden, after doing it so many times in so many different places and having it go well, I feel very confident in the idea of transitioning the behavior into new spots under different circumstances, different situations. That's a trained dog, one that can perform. Last night I went to my buddy Todd's place and we did some stuff we've never done before. I've never trained at his place on his water before. We used his water. And we set up some drills that are similar to stuff we've done here, but obviously it's a completely new environment. And it was incorporating some water. If you watch our Instagram story, you would have seen it. Uh, I'll probably be making some posts on our Instagram and Facebook as well from that session. But 
when we set up there, I definitely could not. And it was a real test for me to see how Bella did. Now, my other dogs, Spry, Ellie, and Taylor, I felt pretty confident with plugging them into the different setups that we were doing because they have pretty good skill base. And I can transfer those skills to lots of different environments. With Bella, Bella's gotten good in certain spots here at certain things. But when I move her into a new spot, I don't know how it's going to go. So I told Ty, I said, we're going to experiment a little bit and see how she handles it. And if she handles it well, we'll add more. If she doesn't, we'll take steps back and we'll repeat things until she gets it. And that'll be it. That's what she's going to get out of today. And she handled things really well yesterday. All of our dogs. We shot a flyer over her for the first time. We shot a flyer pigeon over her. So you need to turn that on? So it was, you know, we had, we had some really good... We accomplished some really good things based on moving locations and figuring out when and where we needed to apply skills that whether or not the dog had it strong enough or not. You have a micro version of that with a 16-week-old puppy. I have a micro version of that with any young dog. So that is what you are going through is exactly what I do with every one of them. Now, it says in the house, when I try to get him to come to me, he'll look at me and go the other way. Even if we're in the hallway, he'll just sit and doesn't want to come over to me. I question some of the trust stuff right now when I hear that. I ran into it with, if you recall, I've got a dog named Cedar that we did some, we're doing a series with. And Cedar had some trust issues with me. And I noticed it because I'd sit down on the stoop in my garage one day and she didn't, she was tired. She didn't want to go anywhere. She wasn't trying to run away from me. She wasn't trying to get into trouble or anything, but all she would do is lay down. But she'd lay down on the other side of the garage in her own little world. Now my dogs, if I sat down, the first thing they're doing is coming over to me. And they're coming over to me because they trust me and they, they appreciate me. They like spending time with me. This little dog said, I think I'm just going to sit over here for a while by myself. That's a big sign to me where I go, how am I ever going to get anywhere with this dog if she doesn't trust me enough to come sit up by me and let me pet her? So this little dog that you have is only 16 weeks old. And if you sit down and it doesn't want to come by you, it would rather go sit in the hallway by itself. That's a big red flag to me of how come. And what I would do is focus on overcoming that. Because you want to recall a dog in situation of distractions, you better have a dog that understands the rules, understands the, 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 that's an expectation of behavior that's expected. But the way you're going to get them to do that is because they trust you, they like you, they want to make you happy, they're your friend. And right now, if you've got a puppy that says, it says here, if we even if we're in the hallway, he'll just sit there and does not want to come to me. You better get a dog that wants to come to you before you go any further. I just think that's a really, really important part of this puzzle. Um, and then you say, we avoid chasing, but if I have him off place, he hot laps and searches out rugs. Don't allow that stuff to happen. That's a control thing. That goes back to being able to put the puppy on a lead. If the dog wants to run around and do zoomies, is what a lot of people call them, watch that Cedar series. So did she. And I just won't allow it. Over the, over the last year, Bella's gotten to that point before. And, I, and I instantly I recognize it. And I, easy, easy, here, here. I don't get excited, wound up, start hollering and chasing. 
because that's pouring gas on a fire, hoping to put it out, and it just won't happen. So you said, when I tell him no, you can see it jet fuels and fires him up and gets him even more wound up. Of course. That's pouring gas on a fire, trying to put it out. It won't work. You start hollering no at a dog when they're zooming zooming around uncontrolled. It's, it's like stepping on an accelerator. They feed off of us. Set yourself, Learn from that mistake. Don't put yourself in that position again. Calm the dog down. Reel the dog in. And then go, I'm not making that mistake again. And if you are upset at the dog because of that and you're pissed off and you're going to teach him a lesson, well, guess what? He's going to sit at the end of the hallway and not come by you when you want to call him. There's a lot of people right now that are going, ooh, that's what happened. That's what happens. Dog gets wound up and excited and people boil over with anger and excitement. And then the puppy gets even more and more. And then when the dog finally gets caught, they grab a hold of him and really teach him a lesson. Well, guess what? You cannot do it. You cannot teach a dog a lesson for your mistake and expect the dog to benefit from it in the big picture. So that's it. Today we're talking about dogs that aren't coming back to us. These are young puppies, guys. Noah and Kyle, you've got young puppies. That's the good news. You can easily shape and change that behavior if you're consistent. But Noah, I think we talked about some things that I think you need to be working on. Kyle, I think we talked about some things you need to be working on. Keep it, keep me posted on it. Um, and, and I just think that you're not alone. So it's great questions. I'm sure this is going to be um, something that a lot of people hear and go, oh, been there, done that, maybe are doing that. Well, change it. It's it's doable. So that's it for now. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Please do us a favor. If you're listening on an app that has a rating, if you could give us a rating, we'd really appreciate it. Um, please don't hesitate to check out our other um, social platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. They're all a little bit different. We use them each a little bit differently. Dog100.com is our website. So I, there are a lot of people that have asked me about the videos and said, I didn't know you had training videos. I just knew about your YouTube channel. We've got formal edited training videos. Uh, Dogbone Hunters, the website, there's a tab actually that says DVDs, Puppy Foundation Shedding Game Recovery. And we have most of those, all but the game recovery is available digitally as well as an actual physical dvd so um those are those are all different tools our website facebook instagram and youtube are all three little bit different tools all i think have some value to them but they are a little bit differently used a little bit differently so if you are um, looking for more information looking for more stuff and enjoy what you're hearing i would recommend you check those out when you're on youtube hit subscribe and turn the notifications on it'll make ben really happy i've got a challenge out to ben right now where can he what can he do with our youtube channel so he's got us up over 5000 followers and i know a lot of people are going to laugh at that and go 5000 yeah i know we're not wide we're real deep we got really good followers. We just don't have a ton of them, and that's okay. I don't need a bazillion people that don't care. I would rather have 10 that really do care, and, and we can try to help them. So thank you guys for the support. We appreciate it greatly, and we will continue putting these out. 